Hey, isn't that Bemrose's kid? Hello and welcome to episode number 84 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, August 7th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the more things change, the more they stay the same. And from America's left coast, where the people don't want information, they just want to say scared and docile. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Everybody's scared and docile, aren't they? Isn't that yeah. the whole way it's going? The, the, well, well, I. I came to an epiphany with the the help of some memes on No Agenda Social, which are are frankly, uh, it's the best memes in the universe. Um, and that is that uh, people are uh so coddled, uh, so protected, sheltered. Uh, you know, everything in this society is about being safe because if if anything is not safe or carries any non-zero amount of risk, then the company gets sued or somebody gets sued about something. Everybody's getting sued all the time. So everything has to be safe. Everything has to be dull and boring. And it, you know, when it like there's railings around everything, you can't get near a, a state park anymore without having, you know, all the warning signs about, Oh, you know, watch out. The grass might be green. And because we don't have any adventure in our lives anymore, uh, the, most oh, what i don't know if anybody can hear there is a fucking siren outside my house now <laughs> well, yeah, i heard something it sounded like a little bit of a screeching are they coming for you no there's actually a fire truck coming up this private road i should probably go check and see if my house is on fire <laughs> but i'm not going to <laughs> that's a fun time to find out yeah yeah I, I you know what if the house is on fire i'll find out really soon anyway um but anyways, uh, you know, the, it's it's uh, potlucks and bingo. And, you know, those are the most interesting things that we have in our lives and we can't offend anything. And and people want meaning in their life and they want a sense of adventure. And if you can't have actual adventures and you can't have real meaning, then uh, being told, well, you can save the world if you wear a mask. Right. Um, th- that that's. That's a form of meaning. That's a form of self-validation in an otherwise extremely bland vanilla life. And, uh, you know, how, how do people, the human body craves a sense of adventure. We, we all deep down, you know, biologically speaking, want to have some adventure in our lives. And, and if we're not allowed to have any kind of adventure, because dear God, one in a thousand people might sprain their ankle walking down this hiking trail, therefore cut it off, then the adventure we can have instead is everybody being scared. Well, it's yeah, fear. Fear is an adventure. And that is what's being told to people who don't want to send their children back to school is the fact that then if you're going to go by what these odds are, especially with this disease not being one that has much of an effect on kids of school age. Even when they get it, they get, you know, the sniffles overall. I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but if you're going to use that as a reason to be so afraid that you're not going to send your kids back to school, then I think it was Dr. Drew, which I know the left kind of hates him now, but there was somebody that was like, well, then you can't let your kids more. You can't let your kids ride a bike. You can't let your kids go to a movie. You know, you can't let your kids cross the street. 
You can't let them drive in a car because you know what? All of this stuff is more dangerous than going to school. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of missed it by not having kids. But about the time that that state laws all went into effect where you're not allowed to have a kid in a car without a special seat, a very expensive special seat to buckle them into. And apparently you, you, the kid has to be like 37 before he's allowed to ride in the car normally. I, I'm, I'm not really sure what the age is, but it's I mean, I, it's got to be at least teenager. You got to I don't know. I'm pretty it's, sure our it, parents just put some twine around us and said, let's go. No, I didn't have twine. I sat in the I, as as a 10 year old kid. I sat in the front seat and my brother sat in the back, not because he was smaller, not because he was more fragile. He was definitely a lot tougher than me because I, you know, I made sure to train it into him, but because I wanted the front seat and I'm bigger than you. So sit back there was the reason. And uh, hell, most of the time, it's probably for the best. We didn't even wear seatbelts because 10 year old seatbelt goes right across your neck. And I mean, that could be a problem. No, we didn't wear. seat. You know what I had? If if we had to have a sudden stop, I had the most powerful protective gear ever installed in any car, which was my mom's right arm. Did you ever get that? Yeah. Well, keeping you from going through the windshield. Yeah. Anytime there was a sudden stop, I, I, mean, I, I, I can't be the only person who had this The sudden stop. And suddenly mom who's driving, like she sees something ahead of her goes into panic mom mode. And with one arm on the, on the steering wheel and her foot on the brake, that right arm goes and like it cracks ribs. It goes across my chest so fast to keep me from flying forward. So your dad, on the other hand, was grabbing you by the collar and helping you go through the windshield. Yeah, dad was like, you know, slamming on the brakes for no reason. He's like, hey, let's see how tough you really are. Let's toughen this kid up. And uh, for those who were hoping to hear Progo on the show today, Brendan Kidwell had some technical issues. We'll be rescheduling that for a day sometime in the near future because I wanted to talk to him about a lot of this stuff going on again, especially all this encryption, Bitcoin. Progo is the guy we look to for those answers. And uh, we'll yeah, get I do, I do actually have an encryption story that I really wanted to talk to him about. I, we can push that off to Monday. We can do that. And today is Purple Heart Day. I just wanted to mention I, that because, you know, one, it was started by that hateful man, uh, George Washington, and his name or his name, well, his uh, likeness is on the Purple Heart. But today is the day 238 years ago that George Washington initiated what would become the Purple Heart. And I would just like to, uh, Give a shout out. He passed back in 2004, but my wife's grandfather, George Robert Washington. Thomas, no, no. I, he passed a little bit earlier. God, than he that. was old. But my wife's grandfather, Robert Thomas, who fought in World War Two and uh, got the Purple Heart, the Bronze Star, among other things that uh, it's a good day to remember him. And uh, he, he had an interesting story because my wife and I start going out in high school and it was shortly after we got married, right about the time we were getting married that. I kept hearing, you know, the stories he never really talked about. And it was most of these guys that fought in World War II. You rarely get people that want to tell stories about it. But we had heard that he was supposed to get medals. And the way, you know, it's the government, the way the government works, for whatever reason, you know, he was discharged, never you, got you the medals. Take that back. The government doesn't work. <laughs> well, they pretend they never they work in such an efficient way that he never got the medals that he was supposed to get and had pretty much given up on it. He had, you know, sent inquiries and things like this over the years. And it turned out that the 
I mean, this always seems to happen too. the area, the office where the records were kept, you know, it burned down. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that go on in government installations where, yeah, those records. No, no, they they burned down. We 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 don't we don't really know. So, you know, me, maybe you've been able to uh, figure this one out over the last 83 episodes. Uh, you know, I could be kind of a dick. And when I get my mind into something, I'm going to get it done. So uh, wrote a few letters, including I never noticed, <laughs> including to a. Uh, one of the state senators here. And surely enough, it took a few weeks, but they got it figured out. The state senator even came out to his house with the medals, had a nice little ceremony for him. So I was happy to be a small part in getting this guy who was a hero that uh, get him the medals that he deserved. Anybody that gets the Purple Heart, I mean, salute them. Anybody that serves the country, salute them. But if they got the Purple Heart, and, uh, you know, the bronze star in this case, like doing some really uh, badass stuff. So we have the crazy freedoms that we have never taken for granted. That's the bottom line. So uh, we appreciate everybody that does the job. I I can get behind that. Uh, we we are having some bandwidth issues, so I am probably going to be going all crazy Cylon on the stream. You're You're just going to have to put up with it. Well, you sound okay. Even heard, haven't heard you drop well, out yet, shit, so that's good. I'll try harder. <laughs> keep trying. Keep yeah. trying. Keep trying. I mean, but maybe there is somebody trying to silence us. I mean, first Progo with the Yeti microphone. So if you have a Yeti microphone and it doesn't sound like complete dog's ass, feel free to reach out to Progo in the No Agenda troll room at noagendastream.com or so, on Zero Node. You know how to get there. What do you want to talk about first? I've got uh, three big categories in in my notes file right now. Uh, one of them is mask holes. Uh, one of them is election shenanigans. And one is shithole cities. <laughs> let's wait. Let's go with shithole cities. And can we start with Portland? We can. <laughs> that, that's that definitely on the list. What do you got? Oh, man, this was now this more than the city being in turmoil. It's the politicians that should anger people most of all because the, the mayor, mayor the mayor out there protesting he's he's pro excuse me you're the mayor you you don't have to protest just go be the change you want in the world yeah one i think that's a little bit weird but uh portland, you have the power to change it yeah ted wheeler mayor of portland now here's the favorite thing about this whole thing is that well the favorite thing is one he's finally condemning these people he is finally a leftist politician. Uh, what, what, did they did they protest his house like they've done in other cities? No, but they tried to burn a police station down with the police inside. And this finally was too much for the mayor of Portland seeing, I guess, maybe if he was boots on the ground watching these idiots as they blocked the doors of the police station and then basically threw Molotov cocktails into the building. He finally went, you know what? Murder is really not on the table, guys. I. Honestly, I'm surprised that that that's not a position I would expect a leftist dictator to take. Yeah. And, and quote, I mean, the, 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 it's, this is so you'll get to the funny part. But he says, when you commit arson with an accelerant in an attempt to burn down a building that is occupied by people who you have intentionally trapped inside, you are not demonstrating you are attempting to commit murder. So, OK, wait. So we I think we finally discovered the the definition of not peaceful <laughs> attempted murder yes if, if 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 that is well not just attempted attempted 
uh, you know, death by immolation after barricading somebody inside. That is the threshold. That is the standard. The That should be the new legal standard when a judge, you know, when you say, well, these protesters were peaceful. They only broke people's arm and and destroyed their property and and, you know, sent them to the hospital. Well, did they burn anyone alive inside of a building after barricading them in? No. OK, peaceful. <laughs> well, you kind of you kind of get the idea. That if the police station was empty, he'd have been like, threshold. yeah, if it was empty, oh, that's fine. That's fine. But do you want to know what Mayor Ted Wheeler of Portland's biggest problem was with this? I mean, you would think it would be. He, he's a leftist idiot. Well, yeah, but what was his biggest problem? It, would, it Was it oh. that they were committing arson? Would it be that they were committing violence? Would it be that they were, you know, almost getting into attempted murder category? And this is all just horrible things. Is it? Because their behavior was bad, is that what he's worried about? Is that what he's mad about? Turns no, I'm out. sure he's fine with that. Yeah. Now, this is. Uh, I, I don't know. I I don't understand. I I I'm really surprised that that anybody in this position would break with the party line and and actually contemplate that that hurting people and destroying millions and of dollars worth of property could be anything but beneficial to the country. How dare you not back attempted murder, Mayor Ted Wheeler? But here's his quote in this. Just see if this doesn't enrage you even more. Don't think for a moment that you are. uh, Don't think for a moment that you are. If you are participating in this activity, you are not being a prop for the reelection campaign of Donald Trump because you absolutely (laughs) are. Of course. course. We, We can't possibly do anything that might get Trump elected. I mean, it's amazing. And this ends justifies the means world where the the Democrat Party is willing to do literally anything, destroy people, destroy lives, kill people, uh, send everybody into catatonic fear. Everything is on the table. The only thing that the Democrat Party does not seem willing to do is put up a candidate worth voting for. I tell you, I just can't believe that the mayor of a major city, his biggest problem with this isn't don't try attempted murder. Don't try killing cops. Don't try burning a police station down. It was, you know, they're going to use this to get Donald Trump elected. Really? That's your biggest problem. <laughs> yeah. Not attempted murder. And he went on to say, you are creating B-roll film that will be used in ads nationally to help Donald Trump during this campaign. If you don't want to be a part of that, then don't show up. So maybe this is something we can start using to keep the leftists at home and not rioting like you're helping Trump. Rioting helps Trump start spreading that. I mean, it should. It it it, definitely should. Yeah, it it does. Because so uh, law and order, man. What else you got from Portland? Well, I I, uh, actually I don't have much from Portland right now. All my Portland stuff is old news. But uh, if if I may bounce a little farther north, because, of course, it's local to me and it, it makes me really, really fucking cranky when I read about this fucking city um let's see uh the police chief of seattle uh, chief carmen best sent a letter to the city council asking members to stand up for what is right against the protesters uh why do you suppose this happened stand up for what is right against the protesters does he want um, um she 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 in another quote she said this is not peaceful um she warned that the protesters who engage in violence and intimidation are detracting from the racial justice message sparked by the death of George Floyd. We'll get into the death of George Floyd later, I'm sure. But um, 
yeah, she she doesn't actually believe that they should stop rioting, but that they should not be using as much violence. Now, she's a police chief, so you'd think that'd be her job, but we already know not really. Um, but uh, what what changed her mind? Uh, well, the big thing is probably that a bunch of violent protesters decided to go and try to uh, storm her house. Oh, her is that a problem when they go into her house? Well, it turns out it wasn't a problem because being in the suburbs and being in, in the next county over uh, her, she wasn't even home. Her neighbors uh, managed to drive them away with intimidation tactics, according to the story I read, uh, which probably means standing outside with guns and being like, what are you doing with those bricks, guys? Yeah, I thought so. Violence. I mean, again, violence is OK if you're doing it to somebody else. I mean, they finally yeah. draw the line with attempted murder, but violence is OK vandalizing churches are okay burning buildings Uh, down okay breaking windows is in fact a virtue right uh let's see the other seattle story i've got is uh a group of protesters suing the city of seattle um claiming that uh because the police have been breaking up peaceful protests with water cannons and tear gas that the in order to protest peacefully the protesters now have to purchase expensive protective gear in order to get their message out. And <laughs> they are suing the city of Seattle for the cost of tear gas masks and uh, whatever, whatever else that they need in order to protect themselves from these horrible cops who are using non-lethal tactics to break up these quote unquote peaceful protests. I mean, they're missing the logic of this, which means if you're able to defeat the tear gas or pepper spray and you're able to defeat the water cannons, then, yes, it's now going to be batons or it's going to be real bullets. Well, that did that, you know, if the police in Seattle were allowed to do their job, then I'm certain that that's exactly where it would go. But I'm not sure the cops will be allowed to do that. So the cops might just be told, why don't you go ahead and abandon another neighborhood and let it become an autonomous zone? I'm not real sure there. Uh, But your point is absolutely taken. Most of these people on the street have zero grasp of the concept of consequences for actions. And so, yeah, uh, consequences like, you know, if you burn down a city, then, uh, you know, then the you just fuck up your own home. Or if you defund the police department, that crime goes up. Got one of those stories too. Uh, or that if you make it so that the non-lethal tactics don't work then the cops are going to escalate. Yes, they have yeah. to, because if they need to keep the crowd under control, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, this is turning into a war between the police and these rioters they're not really protesters because here's the thing if you're a protester no, they're they're not just i i have been using the word protester sarcastically this entire show if you if if you miss the sarcasm if if you manage to listen to 80 episodes of grumpy old bens and can't tell that i'm being sarcastic right and sometimes just, though it's, you need to point it out just so they know like oh he's against the yes. peaceful protest the, like these, no. are, these people are not <laughs> protesting Pro, you know the 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 right to peaceably assemble is the term used in the first amendment of the constitution and uh peaceably is the key word there that is the right that is protected uh there is nothing protected about throwing bricks through shop windows and hurting people and erecting 
you know, chain link fences across a city street in order to stop motorists to harass them and pull them out of their cars. There, there is nothing constitutionally protected about that. The only thing protecting those people is these idiot leftist activists who managed to get elected mayor, preventing the police from doing what the police really need to be doing. You just are biased because you used to be a pro tester for Microsoft. I can neither confirm nor deny that fact. Always, always deny. That's that's a much better way to go. Always deny. Uh, we had a story, you know, for Progo, which uh, was also New York City having a lot of these issues. The local moving companies said they've never seen anything like this before. They there's just no vans to be rented at this point. There is a mass yeah. exodus going from New York. Oh, absolutely. And- and uh, the same it's in not Seattle, just New York, it's not just New York, but New York being the hardest hit, you know, the, the everywhere you'll find stories. They were hardest hit by the virus, which might is quite possibly even true, um, but they were by far the hardest hit by uh, Cuomo and de Blasio's fucked up policies where they decided to go all authoritarian and act like they had a freaking clue how to control the lives of 30 million people. Uh, my my last story in the shithole cities category is uh is also New York where uh it was uh Cuomo mayor Governor Cuomo begging the rich people who have left New York City to go to their second homes for the duration of this lockdown is begging them to come back to be taxed <laughs> so that they can rebuild the city. He's 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 saying you know we. Our our tax base relies on you know the, the there are actually proposals to say well the hundred the there's about a hundred people in New who live in New York City have that as their address and are billionaires right and said well we can tax them it's like those are the most mobile people in the world and you think that you want to you know you want to just take ten percent of their wealth and call that a, a rebuilding the city fee no they're all leaving. They and, are, you know, there's there's a hundred people who are billionaires. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are millionaires, and every single one of them that has a home out on Long Island or the Hamptons or or, or you know it, it, anywhere, they're moving to their second homes where they're probably starting to realize, you know, with all of this remote work stuff that's been forced on us, I don't have to be in the city to get my job done, and the taxes sure are a hell of a lot lower outside the city. Yeah. And outside of the state, I mean, there's no question about that. That's why years ago, the great Rush Limbaugh, conservative talk radio pioneer, moved out of New York to Florida. One, no state income tax, which is a great thing. Yeah. And, and, and two, they're not forcing covid patients into death camps. Yeah. Which is also good, which is a lot. One of these reasons, if you follow professional sports at all, that is always one of the factors when it comes down to who's going to get one of these marquee players, when you're talking about these just obscene contracts that it's like, well, you know, if they sign in New York at 200 million, they get to take home this. But if they sign with the Florida team or one of these other states that doesn't have a state income tax, it's like that's worth millions more in the contract. So all things are not created equal. Now I still give uh, Congress a 40% chance that Uh, maybe up to 60% chance that there will be massive federal bailouts for all of these cities whose mayors made the decision to let the cities burn and to foment the utter destruction of their own downtowns 
in order to make a political point, I am still pretty, I'm, I'm more than 50% confident that we as all taxpayers in America are going to be on the hook for helping these idiots rebuild via some kind of huge bailout bill. Because if there's one thing Congress really likes to do, it's to waste our money on lost causes. However, if the world is fair, then cities like New York, Los Angeles, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, no bailout. Let the cities all turn into Detroit or Beirut. <laughs> the Beirut, that's a new, that's another one. Uh, it just let the cities die because that is the only way that people are ever going to be faced with the lesson that we used to all learn early on when we peed on an electric fence, which is that some actions have consequences and we are protecting every dipshit kid from any consequences of anything they ever do. And now they're out here destroying our cities and we're continually trying to protect them from it with. Yes, we lost or something with, and then he went by destroying my entire city, but that's okay because we'll just ask for federal bailout funds now. And the pessimist in me says that they're going to fucking get it. Probably, but Trump's against it, but we know you're right. Congress is going to, is going to back down, but there should be a penalty for these states and cities that didn't do the bare minimum to protect the property. You, you mean the bare minimum, like not fucking dis- defunding your police department while there's riots going on? That would be a bare minimum for me. That would be. That would be. And it was an interesting thing because O'Reilly had a poll yesterday that showed people do not want less police, which is funny. Because the, what a main, surprise. the mainstream media was pushing this thing in such a different direction. And the fact that this came from a let me pull this up here, but the fact that it came from a leftist kind of polling place too made it even more interesting because it's it, it, it you and I say this is common sense, but a lot of people I, for some reason you know, uh, well, I think most people out there still have enough sense to acknowledge that no police mean could theoretically in some niche scenarios lead to higher crime. And a lot of people, you know, especially now in a society where we've all been attuned to be afraid of everything everywhere all the time. And never live your life because it might carry a non-zero risk and humans are shit at determining how much risk any activity has. So when somebody says, oh, you know, you have a one in 800,000 chance that uh, something might go wrong. Like, oh, well, then I guess I shouldn't do it. Everybody is so afraid of things. And now we are showing you a scenario where like, well, you know, your chance of getting complete carjacked on the street or mugged or robbed or broken it you crime is up and most people can make the connection that gee um if if we don't want crime then maybe we should have police yeah the police need to be there and you need to be able to handle crimes this concept of like well if it's a property crime for under a thousand dollars you know we're not going to respond we're not going to prosecute well that is that is one of the most irresponsible things you know i i don't necessarily agree with the the super harsh policies that was it was it bloomberg in in new york brought well, in 
Bloomberg bought into it. It was came from Giuliani was the one that came Giuliani, in and really yeah. cleaned things I'm up. Sorry, that Giuliani brought in. But Bloomberg uh, didn't I, back down sure. from it. I, I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with how far he went, but uh, I think it was him that coined the concept of broken windows with crime fighting. And it turns out to be pretty damn true, which is that if you allow the small crimes, then you embolden criminals and the big crimes go up. And that makes sense. It, it, it's, it's a psychological principle, but we have a bunch of cities that are straight up allowing small crimes everywhere. You know, uh, the, all of the markets in downtown San Francisco are gone. They've all closed up. Why? Because it is impossible to stop shoplifters from cleaning you out $900 at a time right. when right. nobody's going to prosecute these people. You're like going to the door and you're like, oh, wait, I got to drop this one thing because that would take yeah. me over a thousand. Well, th- there are there are people who are robbing places in San Francisco and very, very carefully checking the prices to make sure that they walk out with nine hundred ninety dollars worth of gear uh, of stuff, because if it hits a thousand dollars, they'll be prosecuted. If it's if they if they walk out with nine hundred ninety dollars worth of stuff, hey, free stuff. And even if the cops do come and bother them, then catch and release. But even the cops know that there's no fucking point. No, no, there isn't. And this was a Gallup poll, so not a exactly a fringe organization. They had surveyed 36,000 adult Americans online, and they had a 40 percent Democrat, 30 percent Republican and the rest independent. So 30 percent independent. The question was, would you rather the police spend more time or the same amount of time or less time as they currently do? In your area, 86% overall would like the police to spend more or the same amount of time and 14% less. Now, that is not even close. There's no conversation to be had here. There's not even a debate that can be had. Interestingly enough, the black Americans representation in this poll, 81% would like the police to spend the same amount or more oh, time. I thought you meant 81% were black Americans. I'm like, that's a skewed poll. No, 81% of the black Americans want the police okay. to spend the same amount of time or more in their neighborhoods. And only 19% want well, less yeah, police the, the, for the most part. And, and this isn't true of just blacks. This is true of most humans, but blacks are humans, believe it or not. Uh, for the most part, the ones who aren't out committing crime would like for crimes to not be committed against them. That's a pretty normal, rational response so given that most of the almost all of the crime is committed by a tiny majority of people uh the vast or tiny minority the vast majority of people who aren't committing crimes and would sure like to not have crimes committed against them are kind of for steps that would reduce crime i yeah i'm getting i'm I'm getting a headache from so much sarcasm on this one but that again 86 percent being for that. I mean, so we're we're seeing all this defund the police nonsense from the far fringe left and Biden's jumping in on board and this kind of stuff too. I it's don't believe I don't believe this is going to not be the case when we get to the presidential election. I do think law and order is going to be the phrase you're going to be hearing up until the election I, from I now on. I think that it's going to be I think it's going to be one of the main issues that decides this election for a lot of Americans. Yeah. And I, I think have a the, list. Yeah. The mayor from Portland's of, right, because you're going to be seeing a lot of what? B-roll and they're going to be like, is this what you want? Then vote for Biden. Yeah. Yeah. 
the, the news stations will not cover any of the violent rioting out there, but there's enough of it out on, uh, uh well, I was going to say YouTube, but I'm sure they're censoring <laughs> everything. They do that. Yes. But on video sites, there's enough of it out on the internet, uh, that anybody who wants to put together a campaign based on law and order will be able to find plenty of footage. Yeah. The, uh, uh, lately, that was another story we have. We don't have to get into details, but, uh, Google recently banned over 2,500 channels, uh, Chinese YouTube channels for disinformation. So, I mean, let's just know wow. where YouTube's going. Well, I, it, it seems weird that, that, yeah, I, it, the, the narrative that Silicon Valley is owned by China makes me wonder at banning Chinese channels, but one has to imagine with a billion people that they're not all completely on, you know, being driven by the CCP. So yeah, guessing they yeah, were anti-China. I know I believe it. Um, I, I wanted to follow up with my list of cities because I actually looked up and, and this was more difficult to find out than I could tell. But these are the cities I was able to confirm have passed resolutions to defund their police. So these this is the the end of my shithole cities. Well, actually, I I, I also want to read a, a letter from Minneapolis PD. But um, here are the cities that uh, have passed resolutions to defund police. In the wake of these leftist riots, um, New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Portland, Philadelphia, Hartford, Connecticut, Salt Lake City, Utah, Norman, Oklahoma. I don't know why that was on the list. Yeah, but well, what's I guess going on have, in Norman? I don't know. I've never heard of that town, but I, I guess that they just felt like they needed to be on it. If I, if we have producers from Norman, Oklahoma can give us a boots on the ground report. If, if you, there are any experts out there, um, I'd love to hear it, but it just, it, it popped up. And of course, Minneapolis, uh, the cities of Austin, Texas and Seattle, Washington narrowly rejected bills to defund the police. Uh, only this week, in fact, um, both of them have uh, technically tabled them, which means that there's a good chance they'll be back later, but not yet. Um, Minneapolis, the I, I wanted to the police department sent out a a press release to the local their local news station. Um, it has tips for citizens on uh, the increased crime rate, and it started out with. Uh, we, you know, that we, you, have noticed an uptick in crime in these neighborhoods, especially, and, uh, you know, be aware that we might not have the manpower to address every 911 call that comes in. So here are some tips to make sure that you are not the victim of a violent crime. Leave Minneapolis. Uh, that should be the first one. And that's my recommendation. In fact, every city I just named New York city, Los Angeles, San Francisco, DC, Baltimore, Portland, Philadelphia, Hartford, Salt Lake city. Norman and Minneapolis leave, but here are the tips from Minneapolis PD. Uh, do not walk alone. Be hyper aware of your surroundings at all time. Pay attention. Carry only items you need. Do not carry cash. <laughs> be prepared to give up your cell phone and purse or wallet in order to not be assaulted. I, well, really? I, so, so yeah. the answer is when you get <laughs> mugged, just hand it over. Yeah. Um, let's see. They have, uh, have your keys already in your hand as you approach your car. Uh, a lot of these are actually sane things, but the, uh, be prepared to give up your cell phone or wallet. And, uh, let's see, despite all our efforts, robberies still may occur. Do not argue or fight with the criminal. Do as they say your safety is the most important. 
be prepared to give up your belongings. Do you know when criminals start cr- that, doing more crime? When people just go, oh, here, here you go. That That is, in fact, the recommendation from the Minneapolis Police Department. Wow. And then finally, be a good witness when you call 911. Be prepared to answer many questions. And then they give a long list of the, the potential questions. But yeah, so if uh, the the recommendation from the Minneapolis Police Department is if somebody accosts you on the street and asks for your wallet and cell phone, give it to them because do not argue or fight. Do as they say. The do as they say is literally in the police report or in the press release. Congratulations. Welcome to policing in the new left. Yes. Give the criminals what they want. That is what Biden's running on, isn't it? Give well, I, give I mean, yes, in so much as he's trying to give the Democrats what they want. The the proper answer should be pull out your concealed carry piece and start shooting kneecaps. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, if if somebody if somebody demands my wallet on the street, then I'll be like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. If they what if they say, please. It, if they say please, I'd be like, I'm sorry, you know, I'm not really, you know, but but is that how mugging go goes here, in Canada? A, yeah, if they go, if you go over around the block here, there's a there's a mission where you might be able to find food, and you know, there's probably some counselors there who can counsel you. No, I wouldn't say that, but uh, pulling out the gun is is only a resort if I if somebody is is actually impending violence on me. I'm not, you know, which I guess is usually implied, but if somebody just walks up and is like give me all your money. I'm like, no. Well, right. Well then, the, then you'll see that if they just say, okay, thank you and walk away, then you're, yeah, then, your then mugging is done. Solved. I mean, yeah. I, and who knows how, how many times do people try that? I mean, maybe it works. How do you know? <laughs> right. No, thank some, you. Some muggers are just really polite people underneath. Yeah. They don't want to fight. They, they just want the easiest thing to go. So if they're like, Hey, give me all your money. No, thanks. Okay. Yeah. See you later. Okay. <laughs> try the next guy. <laughs> They're like, hey, most people don't even say that, man. That's cool. I get it. Like, I get it too. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, the the concept of living in a polite law and order society. Really, there, there's things we always talk about. Like I wouldn't when we were a kid, never thought you'd ever say these things. We're getting there because it really does feel like things are getting worse. The stats seem to show things are getting worse. And I don't really understand it and it's because of these narratives that are being pushed that are not completely true or not true at all when you have a group like black lives matter which is a marxist organization bill o'reilly has his version of you know adam curry who has the well you know how how dare you assume my you know color or whatever o'reilly said he had a you know a friend a lot of this stuff doesn't work with people that are going to hate you or don't know you but he said he had a liberal friend that said something about the white privilege of America. And he's like, well, so I went through, you know, the little 60 second spiel of, well, here's Barack Obama as a kid, you know, dad left, you know, had a working mom, was raised by relatives, ends up getting, you know, a full ride to an Ivy League college, full ride scholarship for a master's degree, becomes president of the United States. Is this something that happens? in a country where there's systemic racism and white privilege. And he's like, his friend looked at him and was just didn't know what to say. And it's like, well, uh, did you miss the Barack Obama story? People? Well, it's, it's because what a lot of people don't realize is that Barack Obama is really white. He is. Okay. But what about Oprah Winfrey then? 
<laughs> oh, she's as white as they come. <laughs> Oprah is. Wow. Well, who's well, black uh, she's, then? She's got money. She must be. I, that is the way it kind of that is the way that they are treated, which is that was O'Reilly's point because he pointed to his face. He's like, it has nothing to do with this. It has nothing to do with the color of your skin. Uh, that, that, by the way, was also sarcasm just for all of you people who are going to call me a racist. I mean, really? We're going to call me a racist anyway. So fuck you. But <laughs> but this is the, this is the issue. And it's, it's really it's not about race. It is more way more about economic situations. And this is why things don't really get fixed or things don't necessarily get better because people are focusing on exactly the wrong things. You're worried about reparations and you're worried about the color of somebody's skin. It's not the case. I mean, do black people deal with more? Yeah, there's still racist people out there and I'm sure they get hassled more by the police. And I'm sure that to get from point A to point B may be a little bit harder for them. Or maybe it's a lot harder. I don't know. I've never dealt with that, but I can see people like Barack Obama and Oprah Winfrey, who both came from nothing to become, well, one, the leader of the free world and two, one of the richest women in the world. I don't care what color you are. I mean, this is the land where you can make anything of yourself. And this is why you look at guys and you you wonder how people can hate on people like Rush Limbaugh, it's like he came from nothing too. was started out like doing baseball games in Kansas City and ended up going on to be a DJ and then kind of went into this talk radio thing. You know, Glenn Beck, the same thing, was a alcoholic who hit rock bottom, but then reinvented himself. It's like, I don't care. You don't like his politics. I you know appreciate somebody like Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey, who take advantage of what America has to offer or, or grumpy old Benz, for yeah. example, I came from uh, a privileged white trash family and what is what is what is privileged white trash you have like flowers outside the trailer park or what i I, yeah i don't know my my dad was in real estate we you know we we weren't hurting (laughs) but i mean i was just making the comment look at us now we're very successful podcasters oh yeah we are cleaning up we're doing what we want to do although that was another thing that hit home bill o'reilly was talking about that in america Everybody has a talent in every it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your lot in life is. It doesn't matter if you, you know, have Down syndrome. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter what, you know, if you have any kind of physical limitations that everybody is able to find their talent and use their talent. And I think mine is talking. So I'm glad to be able to be doing these podcasts here on the No Agenda Stream and elsewhere. Because I think that is one of the things that we are offered here in the United States. And I don't know if that would be the same thing if I was living in, you know, Russia during the communism times or China. I mean, really, you don't have the ability to to do what you're best at, to find what you're best at and to try to to try to make a go of it. I mean, really, you look at guys like Curry and Dvorak, they're taking they took something that didn't even exist. Being the podcast started right when the this whole thing was coming about as far as podcasting 13, 12, 13 years ago, whatever it was, and are making a full time living out of something that didn't even exist before. So it's a beautiful thing. You brought up an interesting point uh, about the the way life is in a capitalist versus socialist society. I don't know if you meant to do this, uh, but it it brought up an interesting argument I had where uh, I, I was told that. Uh, capitalism is slavery. And, and I know you've heard that line before, but I was 
the I, I was thinking about it and the the argue, what I came up with is in a capitalist society, everything that you do is based on voluntary exchange. Now, you know, so if if you have a job, it's because you voluntarily chose to do that job. Now, you might not feel like you have much of a choice if the only alternative that you can see ahead of you besides that job is to go hungry. And I understand there's a lot of places where the choices aren't fun, but that's your choice. Uh, Under a socialist economy, uh, you have to go where the state says you go. This, This is how it worked in Venezuela. This is how it worked in Soviet Russia. You are told, you know, you are a farmer, you will farm, you will farm on this farm. Um, you don't get the choice. You don't make the, you don't make the decision that you want to be on that farm. And more importantly, if you decide you want to leave that farm, uh, but the state says you have to stay there, then you don't get to go. And in fact, uh, if you run away from the farm, you will be hunted down and caught by the state. You will be severely punished. You might disappear into a gulag. You might be whipped. You might just be financially fined uh, if they still have financials. But which of those scenarios sounds more like slavery? The latter. It it, it just kind of, I don't know, maybe this is something that's been completely obvious to everybody who listens, <laughs> but but the choice between, even if it's a bad choice, when when you have a choice, to voluntarily enter into employment versus being told by the state who you are, what you're going to do for the rest of your life and what job you're going to be in and only being able to work or function or exist in society at the whim of the state. The the latter really sounds a hell of a lot more like a form of slavery than the former to me. Well, it is. It, it, even if I'm in you know, if, if I am in uh, a dead end job where I'm working for a corporation and they own me left and right, there is still the option to leave and you won't be hunted down. Now, you might go hungry if you don't go find something else to do, but they're not going to send men with guns to bring you back. Innovation and hard work are turning into things that people don't like because they want everything handed to them. And a big part of that is the everybody gets a trophy concept. but. You think about the guys and girls that have made a mark, even in our lifetime, when you look at, I don't care if you like these people or not yet again, but when you look at the Steve Jobs, when you look at Bill Gates, when you look at Jeff Bezos, when you look at Mark Zuckerberg, all of these guys made their fortunes out of a product that they created. I mean, even if you started out with money. And I don't know really what all of them started out with, but I know for one, Bezos starting this Amazon thing in the garage of his parents' house, just selling a few books. I mean, yeah. my God, this is America's Bezos is new money. Zuckerberg is new money. Uh, I, Gates is definitely old money. Then what about I mean, Waz? He made a lot more. He made a lot more than he, uh, he through Microsoft than he ever inherited, but he inherited a lot of money. Yeah. What about Wozniak? I don't know. I never met him. I have the impression that they probably, I mean, they started in a garage. I know that much. So right. that's true. You would think if they had millions of dollars behind them, they would have at least rented someplace. You don't know, I, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But that is, that is the, I mean, people should look at these kind of things and go, damn, that is, that's awesome well, that we, the, people the nice can do thing it. is 
the nice thing is that all of these people, now that they have theirs and are, are set and have enough money to be able to afford security, uh, it is, of course, in their best interest to prevent anybody else from getting more something because that would be competition. So, of course, they're pushing for more socialism and communism now. You know, Except I don't even Bill know Gates, who's just trying to murder everybody with DNA altering viruses. Yeah, I mean, he may be. I don't know if, uh, you know, if Zuckerberg's really going for that or Be- Bezos, I know, isn't really. I mean, he's backing the causes because this is what you have to do if you don't want to be canceled. That's you know, this is this is the sad thing about the current society that we have going on and the fact that you're not really free if you're doing business. You have to go, oh, yeah, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, that we, we love Black Lives Matter. And again, let's understand we're separating the group from the concept, the concept, the slogan on its own. Nobody here does not believe that Black Lives Matter. Anybody's life, everybody's life. No questions uh, asked. I, I mean, you know, if, if I may take the nihilist position on this, no lives matter, not even black ones. Fuck them all. You're going the other route. Instead of all lives matter, I, you're no lives. I, matter. I mean, it's a valid position. If everybody everyone. extinct, everybody uh, again, extinct. that might be the Bill Gates position, eugenics and all that. Yes. You know, but this is where people can actually make a difference where you look at places like Venezuela, you look at about what's going on in China now. And if you believe the little that comes out, because this really there's, you know, I hate to break this to anybody who doesn't know, but there's not a free press coming out of China when it sounds like they are rounding groups of people up. It's- and putting is them there into even forced a free labor press coming out of America. Is there a free? Um, yes, but it's not the mainstream media. Oh, to Russia today. Yeah, I think. Well, I think we're part of the free press uh, in America. Yeah, podcast. Yeah. Babylon B. Yes. Yeah. The Babylon B is where you want to go for the most up to date, realistic news. I hey, mean, at I've, this point, they're getting at least as accurate as CNN and MSNBC. They probably are. And that is the intriguing thing with these you know the polls and stuff like that is the one site that i saw cover this gallup poll that we talked about was um you know was one of the maybe it was cnn was one of the lefty sites but rather than talking about the number which was 81 percent of black people want the same or more police in their neighborhood and 87 percent of people overall wanted the same or more police in their neighborhood they went with the 39% of black people don't think they're going to be treated fairly if they come in contact with a police officer. I mean, that's that's an issue. But the well, more important, you know, it's definitely a persistent. Uh, it, it, it's a meme, certainly amongst a lot of their communities. Yes. And it may be true. It may not. I mean, I, again, it depends where you live. There, there's there's certainly anecdotes to back it up. There are. But there are a lot of black law enforcement officers now. So. You're not living in a time where all the law enforcement is white. And if you go to a black neighborhood, there's a lot of black law enforcement. So why do they not trust them? You know, is it's not again, this isn't a racial thing. Then it's an authoritarian thing. So then it's not really racist. And did you see, I mean, the video of the George Floyd thing that just came out and it's, you know, I tried to watch it. But every time that I thought I found a link, YouTube had nuked it. No, even the link on BitChute, YouTube had somehow managed to remove it. I mean, that's this is this is very worrisome to me. The fact that it's getting so easy and so quick for these social platforms to be able to scrub things 
They went after Trump. They, well, one, they went after Breitbart with these doctors and for a live stream, which is interesting to me because you're a news organization when you're Breitbart. You're covering a news conference. You don't know what those people are going to say. You're covering a news event and you get not only that feed cut off, but then your account was banned from posting anything for days because they didn't like what was said in that video. But it was a live news feed. So this, again, wasn't even somebody from their outfit making a statement. This was, hey, we're covering this live. We're covering a press conference. Here's who we're, t- you know. Yeah. So now you, you how do you have news? There, there, there wasn't there wasn't a statement. I did watch the video with the doctors, the one that that got censored off the Internet and ended up getting causing Squarespace to take their website down and all right. that. And the video that was floating around, the only way that you knew there, there was one point at the very end of the video when the dude holding the camera turns it around and says, I'm so and so for ByteBot News. That 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 and the watermark at the bottom of the video were the only way you had any idea that Breitbart was even involved. They were not editorializing. They were recording and taking them down for that. It's like, well, how does any news organization cover anything live? It's like this is 1984. This is censorship immediately as it's happening. They went after something a Trump group posted as well, because, oh, this is saying things that you know the WHO doesn't agree with. But when you're going to start censoring news organizations and the president, you you got a real problem. Yeah, it's it's all under the guise of of preventing misinformation, which it it seems more and more is code word for any information that we don't politically believe in or or agree with. It uh, is. It it's it's really frightening. Just like uh, you know, quote unquote, hate speech is. The entire reason that the First Amendment exists, you know, hate speech is the only speech that has to be protected, because if it's not something that someone considers hateful, then it's not under attack. But for the same reason, uh, you know, quote unquote, misinformation or whatever that whatever you've decided is in, in misinformation, that is the information that has to be protected the most, because. If everybody agrees that it's good and righteous, it's not under attack. No. And you are seeing what we predicted. I don't think we even thought it was going to happen as soon as it did. But when we had the episode, the old evergreen one on hate speech, we talked about all of the concepts and what would end up happening if this got out of control. And I think you're seeing that now where there was a story where, you know, somebody cut a truck off and they gave like a Nazi salute or yelled something and then were arrested. It's like for for what exactly? I mean, I understand what you're saying or giving a Nazi salute jerk behavior. OK, no problem. But illegal where? And if you're going to start making stuff like that illegal, you I don't know. I mean, you, you won't you won't keep people in New York City. You won't book them and keep them if they commit arson. But, you know, somebody yelled something I didn't like. Somebody said a word I didn't like. Somebody used a derogatory term. And now the jails have room for this. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I, I had a I had a story about qualified immunity that I wanted to bring just to piss you off. And I ended up not doing it because Progo was going to be on. Good old Progo. Uh, he um, claims clean feed was the problem. I, I doubt it, but we'll see. <laughs> Well, no, I'm I'm quite certain the problem is on your end. 
you it's always your fault you're the one doing all the audio work we always I'm try like to JCD. make the magic work i'm like jcd just keyboard on the ground and like lay, laying back in the chaise <laughs> just um, i've never changed anything in my setup you know even you know even jcd knows enough to refuse all windows updates well he knows enough to never admit he changed something either Oh well, yeah <laughs> and, and i would never admit that either uh, i did have more i i wanted to talk about there the the misinformation thing unfortunately okay so i was a little annoyed that the dvorak scooped me yesterday on no agenda but i did bring something it and i that i wanted to do but we can table this until progo comes back on because i wanted his opinion it is on the adobe content authenticity initiative uh i i had done a bunch of research on that one just to see what the heck is going on and why why this is a thing uh but maybe we can we can tease that for monday oh, but if, we if know we but we know why. Well, there's always tech stuff to talk with Progo. He can definitely chime in if he wants to. But this, when I saw it, just didn't sit right because this is trying to add something to these files to verify the chain, which is well, it's it's cryptographically signed metadata. That, that that's what they're adding. That's that's it, it, what it effectively boils down to, as far as I can tell, is they are. Uh, they are creating a metadata specification where you every piece of content has a chain of metadata attached to it that uh, each each, you know, they, they have uh, the concept is is they they're called a claim. Um, they have assertions, which is one piece of information like uh, the, the author and uh, calling it assertions and claims is is a little bit weird and feels like a little marketing speak. but. Uh, they, they, their assertions are, uh, this was created on this date. This was created by this author. This was created with this and that. And then every edit, they pack all of the assertions together into a claim. They digitally sign that. And that is now part of the thing. So you can tell you, you know, every time that the, the thing is edited, it's supposed to add another claim to it. And ultimately, when you're trying to verify, you can check the list of claims and you can, you know, cryptographically authenticate whether or not they're, you know, signed correctly. Uh, and, and that's how you're supposed to be able to find misinformation or, or, or edits or something like that. I just see a lot of people not using Photoshop anymore. That is as far as I, okay. So there were two big questions that I ran into when I was trying to figure out about this. One is, uh, it, obviously they want, these things to still be usable so they're not going to and they're not going to encrypt the entire content right uh that that there's already something called that it's called drm and if you're going to allow the content to be usable then what's to stop somebody from just stripping off the metadata and throw it out well they kind of have a system for that but it if if you think socialism is an unattainable utopia listen to this <laughs> what they want is they want Every digital camera, every smartphone maker, and all photo editing software to sign on to this standard and make it so that every, you know, every camera, every smartphone, everything that takes a digital photo automatically creates an encrypted tag every time that, or when the, when the media or the picture or whatever is created. Right. Uh, and then every software that you can use to edit it will automatically attach a new tag to it 
saying, you know, here is what was modified and when and by whom. And they, okay. I I remember trying to fight email spam back in the nineties. It was the big scourge of the internet and every single spam idea to stop it was like, well, if we could just get every email client ever to (laughs) implement these changes, then spam would go away. Like it's an open standard. You, you, you don't put that genie back in the bottle. That's what this feels like is, well, if, if we can just make all software ever conform to our spec, which, by the way, you know damn well that Adobe is going to patent this and get royalties for everyone who buys into the spec, which means that if you write software that uses this spec, you're going to be paying when, you know, per every single unit of software you sell, you're going to be paying Adobe a few cents or a few dollars for the benefit of using it. So that's going to. It, it, the the only way that they don't hinder adoption there is to make it completely free and unencumbered. But I don't I don't expect large corporations to understand the concept of of patent unencumbered standards anymore. Well, so you know where the problem yeah. with this really lies. And from what I can, from what I can understand with this, this is putting a digital fingerprint that says if I take a a file, a photograph, whatever it is, whatever kind of an image file and make a change to it my information is now hardwired into this to say well darren o'neill that is absolutely one of the problems is is a a massive information leak well it's not only an information leak what is the most troublesome format of photographs right now on the internet what is the thing that pisses everybody off what is uh, trying to decide whether they're called a gif or a gif oh no beyond that the the type oh. of what are images being used for that is that causes the porn? most strife well no what, porn doesn't cause strife i mean that's that's a totally different thing memes oh, oh okay yes i mean everybody's always pissed <laughs> yeah. off and they want to yes. get the meme scrubbed well this will now show you who created the meme yeah. so oh my Attaching, god nobody creating a meme is going to want metadata attached no, so, and this is going to get people put in jail for making a meme. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that'll happen. Uh, I mean, if, if they're dumb enough to use Photoshop for it. And here's the problems with their their setup. We'll, uh, they, they not only are relying on every single piece of software ever to add this data, but they also uh, they, they have not magically. They say that this format will allow us to detect when something has been digitally altered and they say uh-huh. that it will allow us to, to figure out the, you know, the, to know whether something is, is verifiable and it, yeah. Okay. It, in, in their ideal world, it, if every single piece of data has uh, this tag on it, then yes. And if you can, you know, they, they don't, they don't describe also, I noticed they don't describe how exactly you, you verify to, are our content creators going to be required to to publish a public key in order that that then has to be checked every single time you open the photo on a web page how right. many round trips is that going to create trying to go get everybody's cryptographic key or or is there going to be some kind of central key signing is adobe going to be magnanimous and manage the keys for every uh, image out there they they didn't they didn't cover that well uh, and then but the way i would look at it is somebody's going to figure out spoofing even though it's encrypted who cares somebody will break the encryption and somebody will figure out how to spoof whatever but i want to know how they're storing this if you don't have proper key management then spoofing is trivial yes oh yeah 
I, I just stripped all the metadata off of this picture, put the metadata that says this, you know, this totally came from President Trump. Right. And here's the, you know, and then cryptographically sign it. And here, here it's it, fake news. I mean, real this now for real news. But where but are they beyond, storing this, the metadata? Because here's my question then. We know there's in, ways to take image file. Well, yeah. So what happens then when I pull this up on my monitor and take a screenshot? Then the metadata is not coming with it. Uh, well, obviously, whatever software you use to have the screenshot needs to be on board with the standard so that it <laughs> attaches metadata to it. What if I actually take the picture with another camera that's not connected to the machine where I would want the screenshot? Well, then uh, in, in both cases, uh, I, I, I mean, I would expect that your camera is adding a new metadata wrapper that says this was created from scratch you know, right. original content by Darren O'Neill at this address with this social security number. Welcome to America, kids. But here's the other major hurdle that they're going to have to get over. And I think this is a big one uh, in order to make people believe that a that that a picture hasn't been manipulated in any way. They are going to have to stigmatize untagged photos. They they are going to have to make people stop believing that an untagged photo, that a photo that doesn't have their form of of encrypted tag, their format is somehow unreliable, which, which is going to be that'll be the thing that's going to cause real problems is going to really harm the transition, because like with so many other things where it's, oh, well, if just everybody in the world does things my way, things will be better every time the transition is what kills you. And we are in a there. There are billions and trillions of untagged photos in the world today. And every time one of those is shared, do you add a tag to it? Do you I mean, how, how would you get to this fantasy world where all photos are tagged and therefore you can rely on them? It'll it, one. They won't probably open up in Photoshop once these changes go in. It'll be like, nope, un, unauthorized, non tagged. Can't use it. And yeah. uh That'll just have and a whole then, lot of problems for people that have older then, photos. Then you go open it in, in some open source software that's not on board. Yeah. Because you know that happens. Well, it, this it, it is impossible to get all software on board the for for an existing image format. The image formats are well understood. And in fact, the the standard for this cryptographic stuff has to be well understood in order for anybody to be able to write software for it, which means that it will be trivial to write software that can strip the tag or make a new one. You won't be able to sign the new one without a key, but you can make one. Well, this just shows you how full of crap they are when they're like, well, we have the technology that could tell you when a picture is a fake or audio is a deep fake or video is a deep fake. No, they can't. They can't. Tell. And then finally, if you somehow manage to make the authoritarian, the, the strong arm, the the massive, you know, Thanos snapping his fingers step of modifying all photo editing software ever. And by the way, this, I keep saying photo, this isn't just for photos. It's for any digital content that, that this metadata can be attached to, but let's go stick with photos. If you somehow manage to modify all photo editing software ever in order to be able to sign and authenticate photos in order to determine their origin, the power to modify all software ever to be on board with this also brings with it the power to add other kinds of cryptography to the software, including 
uh, copy and edit restrictions. You know, you get something that's uh, uh, CC by ND, no derivatives. Are right. you now going to use this new content authenticity initiative to enforce the license of your content to enforce? You know, I'm sorry, but we can't load that file because it's under a CC by ND license. There are not supposed to be any derivatives, and therefore we won't let you edit the file. It, it, are, are, this absolutely feels like a backdoor to let DRM into our software if we are even pushing for it. And if, if Adobe is now going to be taking the metadata from the file and prioritizing that over what the user is asking the software to do, the, the, the software is not working for you anymore. And what you have is a backdoor DRM scheme. Yeah. And Mutter in the troll room, available at noagendastream.com when we do these shows live at 11 a.m. Central, Mondays and Fridays, made the exact point that was in my head here, which was all the Democrat, anti-Democrat images will be deemed deep fakes. All anti-conservative images will be deemed legit. And that is the problem, because well, once that, you have something you can point quo. to. Yeah. Once you have something you can point to, though, and go, well, see, this photo's legit. It's like, well, oh, they, but. Yeah, but, but what you just described—that's the status quo. What Mutter said is, is how it is already. If if you ask, depending on who you ask, but uh, this is just I adding have, another level of that. Hey, look, we can prove it. This video is real of Trump taking a crap on the American flag and beating a young Mexican kid. When when I was researching the the Minneapolis police story uh, of their, I, I you know I, I always try to bring up the um, the other sources. In order to find out, you know, because I don't want to I don't I don't want to pull up a blog or something that just makes shit up. And one of the in fact, the top result in my news search when I tried to cross reference the Minneapolis police tell residents to cooperate with robbers was a page from Snopes saying, did Minneapolis police tell residents to cooperate with robbers after city defunded cops? That's how you know you've made it. The response was, well, it's a mixture. Uh, things aren't as simple as a convenient narrative suggests, which is, by the way, the modern Snopes method of saying, yes, yes, it's fucking true. Right. Completely true. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to see here. And, you know, so if you ask biased fact checking sites like what Snopes has turned into, because goddamn, 10 years ago, they were right spot on for most things, but they they changed. But if you if you ask them, then every anti-dem image will be deemed is deemed a deep fake and anti-conservative image are deemed legit and if you you know if you rely on the who then everything that says that moderna is the salvation of humanity and hydroxychloroquine is is liquid cyanide in your veins the social media sites are relying on biased sources like this already to determine that some memes are good and some memes are bad and to pick winners based on political ideology. The only thing that the Adobe initiative brings is, is the ability to say, see, see my preconceived notions are now cryptographically signed. Yeah. Unless of course they turn it into backdoor DRM, in which case they can have their software enforce it. Well, and again, if this is added to everything and I don't believe the genie can get back in the bottle like that, but then the end result being, Trying to get any kind of news, whether it be audio, video, photojournalists out of places like China, Iraq, where the people that are doing the journalism, where their lives are in danger if they're caught and exposed, 
you can't do it anymore because you can no longer then send out a video or a photograph or any kind of audio that doesn't have a fingerprint tracking you right back to the source. And that's bad. That's so really bad. In the end, the reason why I think that this content initiative by itself is doomed to failure is for you know, assuming, well, the, the the only way that it will work is if we go to encrypted content. Uh, it is doomed to failure for the purpose of modern uh, JPEG, PNG, GIF, uh, all of the, the the current unencrypted formats out there. This this is going to fail, and it's going to fail for the same reason why uh, CDs, compact discs, were never secure. Uh, you know, back in the day, you were always able to rip a CD for the simple reason that the content on the CD is unencrypted. Now, right. uh, you know, the, the RIAA always wanted to try to protect it, try to prevent anything from being taken. Um, you know, the MPAA saw this, and when they decided to extend the the shiny disc format, um, they came up with DVD, which DVD is an encrypted format. Therefore, if they can, you know, it, it was it was cracked. But it is an encrypted format. But the big difference is that compact discs being unencrypted, it is perfectly legal to pull the unencrypted data off of that disc. It is perfectly legal to write a CD ripper. It is perfectly legal to uh, take any of that content to strip off any weird wrappers. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about the, the types of musicians. I'm talking about you know if code that is is wrapping around. There were, for example, a couple CDs that they tried to get really cute where if you uh, if if you put the CD into a CD player and this, by the way, was the reason why CDs were never were all permanently cracked is a CD player had to conform to a format called Redbook. And that format was unencrypted. Here is the pointers to the data. Here is how you read it. Here is how you play it. Go. And the data was also it, it turned out to be effectively, uh, you know, un- uncompressed audio wave samples uh but it had to work in a cd player in a boombox in a a a studio walkman a a stupid little device that wasn't a pc so uh, there was even a time when people decided that they they wanted to try to fix drm and so they created a type of cd that you put it into a boombox and the boombox would stutter for a bit for the first couple seconds and then start playing the song. And most people were perfectly fine with that. But the reason it was stuttering was that there was what the, the, the Walkman interpreted as garbage data on the beginning of it, but you put it into a computer. That garbage data is actually an executable wrapper, which is, uh, you know, in, in some cases, and this was the worst one, uh, they, they would have an executable wrapper on the CD in the auto exec for the CD that would install a rootkit on your system. And they didn't call it a rootkit. They just call it a driver, but that rootkit would then modify the CD drive so that if you, if it detected a certain type of data at the beginning of the CD, then it would prevent you from ripping it. And of course, the way you defeat that is you don't auto exec discs when they're put in, right. which is just good, clean, I, but but pe- people tried to work around this in ways that that included shit like hacking your computer in order to strip you of your ability to work with CDs. There was the you know there was a huge story in like 1996 
where people who had played this particular music CD in their computers could no longer use their CD-ROM drive for games because the driver fucked it up. <laughs> There's so many and kids so, in the audience right now going, Mommy, what's a CD? Yeah, nobody knows. Uh, yeah, and, and well, I, I know a lot of this because I worked on DVD in Windows Vista. That was that was the feature that I was working on right up until most of Windows Vista got canceled, including most of our DVD playing. Uh, no. By the way, Windows was going to have native DVD in, in the operating system, but wow. we had to cancel it because Vista was most of it was cut uh well longhorn was cut then it became vista which was uh rushed but anyways uh yeah dvd was the format where you couldn't trivially and legally crack everything you know a a crack came out pretty early the the dcss crack which allowed anybody to with with a pretty easy amount of code to rip a dvd but here's the thing Thanks to Bill Clinton and his Congress in 1996, they signed the DMCA with its most onerous provision, the anti-circumvention provision, which says that no matter how trivially easy it is to crack, that cracking any kind of DRM is illegal, which was a gigantic weapon that the MPAA was able to wield because any software that purported to be able to do anything with a DVD other than play it exactly the way that they wanted, the MPAA could go and sue them out of existence because they were violating the DMCAA, DMCA if they tried to pull any data off of the DVD without immediately playing it and taking it out of memory. So DVD rippers sued out of existence. CD rippers, easy. The, the CD ripper comes in every commercial media player that plays CDs these days. And the difference is the D- DMCA and the fact that there is an encrypted format. The intriguing thing with the CDs, one, they play from inside to out. Hey, that's wild if you're coming from vinyl. But there yes. was there was a Willie, a Willie Nelson CD was the first time. I, and I think the only time I ever ran into this where there was a bonus track before the first track, meaning you had to start the first track and then seek backwards. And it went like three minutes before. But otherwise, if you didn't know it was there would never hear the bonus track because your CD would just start playing track number one, but there was actually a track before track number one. And here's one thing I don't understand. And this is just maybe pirates being weird. The one site that I get a lot of stuff from, they will post whatever is released. And quite often they will. So they'll take, you know, when this is, everything is sold digitally now. So you could buy a flack uncompressed copy of a disc on a lot of sites online and this is what they grab and they post the flack but if they get a physical cd rip of the same thing they will replace the original flack with the flack that was made of a cd rip and i'm like i don't get it let me get this straight so the record company's putting out the flack which should be exactly what the cd is now any cd that you're making into physical form you could be adding any kind of error to it any little bit to any of those little bits and bytes so technically, wouldn't a CD rip be less secure than a flak taken from the original pressing? But I, I just will never well, understand that. I, I, I mean, in theory, uh, the CD rip is it's all digital data. It's never been converted to analog. Uh, flak is a lossless compression format. So all of your data is still there. And in theory, 
again, they should know, be exactly the same. If they haven't done any weird freaking shenanigans, then in theory, the flack from the CD rip will be exactly what the studio put on the CD in digital form. And it should be exactly the same unless the studio is doing something weird. Now, if the studio is putting out two different streams of digital bits for the downloadable flack and for the CD, then you're, they're going to be different, but you're never going to introduce errors. Assuming your algorithm isn't broken. You're never going to introduce errors when you don't convert between digital and analog and back. True. True. Yeah. I just never really understood it. Cause like, it should be the same. It should be exactly the it, same. It should be. But thank God would be, for flat. It would be interesting to see if if you can get your hands on both to take the you know take the flack and you'll have to decompress it into wave and then you just do a binary compare on the wave format between the the decompressed flack and the CD content and see if the samples are different. True. I need to do that. I mean, I probably have a terabyte or two of uh, duplicate music, but uh, that's a lot of work keeping this, keeping that you think it's hard to keep physical music in a good order. Uh, it is a lot of work. I can definitely relate. It is. And the olden days, man, let's just go back to the time when to download one song in MP3 took like an hour. Now you can download in high res a whole 10 disc set in like 20 seconds. It's a beautiful thing, this bandwidth. So I had my first real life confrontation with a mask hole oh. the other day. You actually, you actually went out I, of the I house. Left the house. I had to leave the house. Uh, and and in in this person's defense, he was at a medical facility because we went out because Dame Bemrose had a medical appointment. Now, uh, they are not interested in allowing me to go up and even go to the waiting room with her. So I was waiting in the car for the most part. She was in there for good. 45 minutes or so. And you know that that's way too long for me to sit without going to the bathroom. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah. So and, and, and this was early in the morning when I'd had my coffee. So definitely caffeine fueled and I got to pee and I'm out in the parking lot and I'm like, do I want to like go pee between, you know, find some bushes or side of the, no, I'm it. it and I go to the, I, I know that the main lobby right inside the door, there's a restroom, but they're not, the main lobby is locked. They only want people to go in through the emergency room doors, which is a little ways down and then walk down the hallway to the lobby and then to whatever appointment you're going to. And I go in and it, you know, the, the, the emergency room is staffed by, uh, you know, a security guard wearing a mask and, uh, a, a bunch of people behind the desk wearing a mask, whatever, but I'm not wearing a goddamn mask, not, not to go to the bathroom. And so I know, the well, I don't know the, the way most bathrooms smell, the mask might not have been a bad idea. Oh no, this is a, this medical facility. I think that they clean it every five minutes. Even, oh, nice. like, even if there's people in there, they're still going to send people into, it was immaculate, spotless. Um, I didn't even pee on the seat. I didn't have to. But, that was nice of you. Yeah. So I go in and I disregarded the reception desk because I didn't need anything from them. I just walked straight across to the bathroom and somebody's like, sir, can I help you? I said, I just need to use the bathroom. I'll be right out. And they said, well, are, are you a patient here? I said, no, but I'm waiting for one. And then I walk into the bathroom. Well, apparently I didn't engage long enough because after washing my hands and coming back out, uh, somebody else who had a name badge and some scrubs and looked a little bit more official says, uh, 
Uh, sir, I'm going to need you to, to sign in and, and for the next time, just so that, you know, you need to be, uh, you know, signed in and wearing a mask whenever you walk through the building. And I said to go to the bathroom. She said, yes, sir. Um, so if you could just come over and use it. And I walked out. <laughs> you weren't I, complying. Like, oh, that's hard to believe. I, I just, I'm like, I, I, I've done what I need to do. I don't need to be in this fucking building anymore. You have an issue with me being in the building without a mask and without you knowing exactly my name and address, just in case you need to you know, send the Gestapo to my place for not complying late. No, I'm, I don't have, I, I am not going to, and I wasn't going to confront her because I, I, first of all, she's not the one making up this asinine policy. The, the the governor is the one pushing the policy and the hospital are the ones who are saying it is our hospital policy to do. And there was nobody who had decided policy who was here at the moment. So I'm not going to get anything out of confronting these people. So I just but I'm also not good. I'm not going to benefit from signing in. And so I was like, I, I don't need to be involved in this. And you don't you obviously you think that it's an issue for me to be in the building. So I'm going to resolve that. So. She is telling me that I have to sign in and I'm like, no, I not, not for the bathroom. And I walk out. So I go and I resumed what, you know, I hadn't been just sitting in the car. I wanted a little bit of exercise and it was sunny because it was fucking August. And so I was like doing laps, walking around in the, in the parking lot, wide open, you know, definitely six feet of separation between me and everything because nobody wants to be in the park. Lot. And I'm walking around and uh, Dan Bemrose comes out of the hospital uh, or of the, the clinic. And comes to the car and I return to the car and I'm talking and, and suddenly I see the security guard striding up. Oh, like, what is going on? Uh, and by the way, he, uh, he had his mask pulled down below. Uh, the, the only, I, I knew that because afterward I'm like, this dude had a pedo mustache and I wouldn't <laughs> have known that if he was wearing a mask, but security guard striding up. And I'm like, uh, Lisa, can you get in the car? Hurry, I, get in the but, car. You're getting all Dukes of Hazard now. You want her to well, slide over I, the hood? Again, I didn't want a goddamn confrontation. I don't I, I I don't actually it's only on this show that I walk up expecting that I need to get in a confrontation, and it's because you <laughs> fucking deserve it. But I, I'm not gonna get anything. One. I'm not gonna benefit from a confrontation with a fucking security guard. So I, you know, I'm about to get in and he's like, sir, sir. You can't just walk away from people when they're in the middle of a conversation with you. And I'm like sitting, if, if Lisa had been in the car, I would have started my engine and fucking driven off right there. Yes, I can watch I'm me, like, watch me. <laughs> but yeah, he was, he had to make sure he gets, gets all. And here's the thing. No mask. His mask was down on his chin, like below his chin on his neck. And he is a foot and a half away from my wife who just came out as a patient in this clinic, but he did not seem to give a fuck about social distancing when he was confronting me on the other side of the car and i said well i just needed to go to the bathroom and it looked like you guys wanted me out so i let you well sir you 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 need to make sure that you uh, comply with all directives uh, uh, and i it's, uh, i'm i'm leaving what do you need from me it's, well you you might be barred from the building on you know if if you ever if you don't comply with what we well then why would i tell you my name yeah like you're not <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, you know, I'm always expecting confrontation, so I don't take my fucking wallet or phone with me when I go take a leak. Uh, what I wanted to say at the time was, okay, you know what? Next time I won't go into your precious building. I'll pee on the side of it, you fuckhead. My name? Bemrose. Tony Bemrose. So that, that's what anyway, I would have said. Uh, um, 
Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of a medical condition called pleuritis or sometimes it's called pleurisy? I do not believe so, but it sounds like something um, this, that would have a multiple is, of something involved. This is distinct from pleuroma, which is a totally different condition. Yeah. And a, and a bad copy of well, maybe a good copy of Mastodon. <laughs> um, uh, pleuritis is an inflammation of the membranes around the lungs and chest cavity. Uh, the, the major symptom is a sharp chest pain while breathing, and it goes away if you hold your breath or if you apply pressure to the area. Um, this is uh, caused by viral and bacterial infections of the pleura, which is the, the lining between the lungs and the chest cavity. Which, you know, normally when you breathe, your lungs inflate and that lining slides around. But when it's healthy, it slides cleanly and everything's good. But when it gets inflamed, then the rubbing caused by breathing may it causes pain because you're pressing, you're rubbing inflamed tissues against each other. Um, there is an increase in uh, cases of pleuritis in America there there it is a slight uptick i mean it, it was hard to find information about this story but i i um there is apparently since uh march there is a 75% increase in the uh instance of people coming in complaining uh, or being diagnosed with pleuritis now uh what what is it caused by again um it, it is caused by a viral or bacterial infection tuberculosis chest wounds or chronic hypoxia now tuberculosis and chest wounds are are not something i mean those i expect yeah you're going to if you're messing up your chest like that but viral or bacterial infections or chronic hypoxia what could possibly cause those certainly not wearing a maybe, mask maybe maybe wearing a germ infested face diaper everywhere you fucking go your entire life Breathing, you know, your the human mouth has a hell of a lot of bacteria and viruses in it. Normally, normal humans will spray those out into the atmosphere where uh, they get a foot away and then go, they desiccate and or or they dilute to the point where when you breathe in, you're breathing generally fresh air. But if you're wearing a face diaper, you are breathing out this. This, by the way, this is not some kind of of weird you know horrible medical condition this is just what humans do humans are full of bacteria get over it you are a petri dish and you breathe out these bacteria which is normally fine because your mouth is pretty well uh, it pretty well understands how to deal with bacteria but you breathe out you spit out some viruses or some bacteria mostly bacteria that viruses are generally not normal but you spray some bacteria every time you speak it's what you do i am currently filling this microphone with bacteria but it's not a big deal because the vast majority of them are going to die and they're not going to get anyone sick it's not a it, it's fine it's it's what humans have done for as long as they've been humans but if you are spraying them into and that and and water vapor and creating a wet soggy fabric an inch away from your mouth and then you breathe that back in those wet, soggy bacteria that have not had time to die in the air are going straight into your lungs and you are infest, infusing your lungs with bacteria, the kind of bacteria that you normally are not breathing in. It, it's, it's your own mouth bacteria, but normal humans breathe out, then breathe in, not the same air. And combine that with chronic hypoxia, because the other thing that makes your body really, really good at fighting off bacteria is having enough air. 
But if you're reducing your airflow by 10% just by trying to breathe through a cloth and not getting enough oxygen, then you are creating a situation where you can get inflammation and even necrosis of your lung tissue by wearing this fucking thing every single day. This, by the way, is why when masks are really used in a medical situation, you wear it for a few minutes, then you throw the thing away because it's full of your normal mouth bacteria, and then you breathe fresh air for 10 minutes, and then you put a new one on if you need to. Nobody is ever supposed to wear this shit all day, but people are. They're not changing them, especially they're making the ones out of fabric, which means that they've been breathing bacteria into it for weeks and weeks, usually not cleaning it. You are inhaling your own bacteria. And right now, if it weren't summer, if it weren't warm and humid everywhere, which is horrible for the transmission of viruses, we would all be so incredibly sick that we would get every single passing common cold and flu virus that exists in the world today. And we would all be dying of pneumonia. Oh, wait. It's going to be a couple months and that is going to fucking happen. Well, this is why there's a lot of European countries that do not require face masks. This is an ongoing debate. It is, again, a case of ongoing mass debate. Yes. And it's a case of not having enough data to make a really informed decision, although the data is coming in every day. And a lot of these European countries aren't having the big problems that the United States allegedly is. So you would kind of go, well, then they probably have it correct. And there are some that just have, you have to wear it while you're on mass transportation. And that I get because you're in a small area with people for a short period of time. Yeah. Wear the mask. You're getting on a bus. I, I, I fully understand the idea, but at the same time, you know, at least around here, every fucking one of these buses is sealed up and air conditioned and climate controlled. If instead you just open some goddamn windows and little, little bit of wind come in, that would help. That would improve people's health by 500% over just mask wearing or well, over any kind of mask. And I do have an article and I was going to go, I was going to be a jerk and look up the audio of you being wrong, but I, I figured I would just mention it instead. And that Never would, happened. That would be a little less, uh, Hurtful for you, but I know we had a a little bit of a disagreement on whether it was safer to travel in an airplane or eat in a restaurant. And anybody that wants to find that audio, I'm sure it was good. But a professor from MIT, so Massachusetts Institute of Technology, not like, you know, some other MIT. So this is a pretty big school. MIT professor looked at the odds of getting sick from COVID. While on an airplane. And I don't know this. I mean, really, you want to talk about science that I will never understand. Well, they they filter the fuck out of that air, which is exactly the reason given here, because to on a two hour flight, they they might filter the viruses out of that air, too. But I know that there's no fuck when it comes back out. (laughs) They don't they don't have any of that. You should get extra. I mean, for what you're paying for airline tickets. But one in forty three hundred were the odds, he said, of catching covid on a full two hour flight and if they have that same flight and they keep the middle seats empty i don't really know how that makes that big of a difference but it goes from one in 4300 to one in 7700 now he mentioned exactly what i did back when we originally talked about this and what you just said which is they filter the air in an average airplane the air is completely exchanged 30 times an hour so every two minutes All the air has been changed. So it takes two minutes in a plane 
If you breathe something out within two minutes, it's gone, which is wild when you really think about it. The I don't know. I, I farted in airplanes and it takes more than two minutes. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'm just well, maybe, you know, there are ex- uh, ex- exceptions to the rule and maybe you have uh, you should see a gastro guy. But this yeah. was your L- average lactate is your friend, your average plane, you know, 30 times S- an specifically, hour. You, specifically, if, if you're in the same room as me, it, it, if I have dairy, then lactate is your friend because <laughs> I don't. You know, there, there are symptoms of, of lactose intolerance, like cramps and stuff. I don't get that. But what I get is the one that makes everybody around me suffer from my lactose intolerance. But this again says to me that there's something to be said for the aerosolization of the spreading of the virus. You know, that's how it's spreading in an aerosol. So if well, you have it, a good air purifier, you know, just saying. Also, uh, it's a lot easier for water droplets when you sneeze or cough to go a lot farther. You know, on an airplane, you are so crammed in there that the back of the seat in front of you is like five inches in front of your face, which is effectively the same as wearing a mask. You get five whole inches, man. I get like one, it seems. Uh, Well, I mean, if you kick the person in front of you enough. When they try to, I don't know. There are so I have so many. My experience with airplanes is low because I have so many reasons why I never want to be on a plane. the The entire experience is just bad, top to bottom. And now there are airlines out there who are crying for federal dollars because their business model is failing because nobody wants to be in a plane. You know what? Maybe if you didn't make the experience such shit, people might want to fly. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing. These are pretty high odds. So it makes it sound like uh, flying is pretty safe. But then they also then mention the Boston Globe recently asked 15 epidemiologists and infectious disease experts if they would fly at this time. 13 out of the 15 said no freaking way. No. <laughs> Although I don't no, know. They it, may just hate flying. It might have nothing to do with the virus like us. I, You know, if, if first of all. Anywhere that you want to fly, you're probably going to be fucking quarantined for two weeks at the airport. Why would you ever even subject yourself to that? Well, I keep hearing stories of super spreaders, and that's how a majority of these things are spreading, that it's a very small amount of people soakers. Yeah, it is. That means they're just like every every like one out of who knows, maybe one out of a hundred, one out of a thousand people are the ones that are really doing a majority of the spreading of it. I, I don't have any evidence of this, but the the tale of the super spreader reminds me a lot of uh, uh, of the you know, they're the back in the 90s when they wanted to to push their their tough on crime agenda. They were talking about the super criminals that that were coming. Do you, you remember these? Yes. Um, or uh, or or, you know, other things like. uh Oh yeah, it's very possible to spread the virus even if you don't have any symptoms. Um no, that that's not how viruses work. If you you know, the only way that that vir- more viruses are manufactured is through cell death. Cell death causes an immune response. Immune responses include things like inflammation and pain. Those are what's called symptoms. Therefore, if you have no symptoms, it means you have no inflammation and pain. That means you have no cell death. That means you can't spread viruses because you're not making them virus. That is how viruses work. So the theory of a super spreader sounds to me a lot like, hey, what would we be able to tell? What unverifiable thing could we tell somebody 
to make them really, really, really afraid of everybody they meet so that they're more compliant. Well, telling people things like every healthy person you meet is potentially a virus bomb and maybe even a super spreader it is the kind of thing that serves so much propaganda benefit that I have a lot of t- trouble re- believing it. Yeah, but you don't even don't wear know. a mask for the health of people around you. No, I'm not even wearing a mask for your health. <laughs> I'm not in the same room. This doesn't that, that's go that what far. you're doing for your health. Right. I'm that, just not wearing a mask. That's what I do for my health. And uh, you know what? I provide a service to everybody. I provide a service called allowing you to have a healthy immune system and function as a normal human being. Yeah, your body needs to do those things. And wearing a mask, this is something that has never been done in human history. Because even the countries that were wearing masks went out in public before this were not doing it long term. I mean, maybe again, if you want public transport or stuff like that, but it's going to be interesting when they really start seeing the domino effects of what people wearing masks for eight to 10 hours a day, if not more are going to do to the overall health and it's going to be really sad if it actually made everybody's health worse than you know just not wearing the mask and maybe getting a virus that maybe would cause major problems although in a majority of the people and it still seems like that's the case you know 80 90 percent of the people have they get sick, but then they get better without long lasting repercussions afterwards. I know that's still a lot of people that end up getting decently, you know, sick enough and have some long term effects. But this has always happened in uh, in the world, in the human condition. There's always been diseases. There's always been maladies. And not everybody yeah. gets out without and, and getting one. The, the weird thing is that as long as humans have been on this planet, we've we've managed to evolve a pretty fucking powerful method for dealing with all of the viruses, bacteria, and other things that we encounter on a daily basis. It's called an immune system. And by the way, doing shit like wearing a mask all day and sitting in that air conditioned room and not getting outside and never breathing fresh air, motherfucker, um, you are destroying your immune system. And then, you know, as a society, uh, people everywhere, chronic immune system failure, uh, it tends to manifest itself in all kinds of weird problems later. And now we're like, well, I feel sick and I feel terrible and uh, give me drugs to feel better. And this is why as a country and as a world, the, the modern world is totally dependent on drugs. Why? Ooh. Because we've um, drugs we've are bad. pretty much destroyed our ability to function on our own. So get out, breathe some fresh air, exercise. <laughs> You'll feel better. You won't need as many drugs later in life. Fresh air. I, don't, I had. Yeah, I don't get it. I had two more things on, on the mask holes, uh, the, the mask holes category. Um, one of them, which is a totally unverified fact, but I, I read it and um, I wanted to use it as a platform for a rant. So I was going to bring it anyway. I read it. And that is. I have a podcast. There uh, go. The. The. The unverified fact is that uh, child abductions are up uh, 105%. Now, I'm highly skeptical about this for the reason that most children are not leaving home. And so that seems really crazy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. Explain However, well, it it was a, that number, which again, I'm highly skeptical of that number, but 
was a launch off into uh, the article doing the same rant that I'm about to do, which is about uh, forcing kids to wear masks when they return to school, which when kids are traveling back and forth twice per day between school and home, that is, in fact, where most child abductions occur in the world. Um, it is there are there are very few studies on the rate of child abductions in the country uh in in the world um but in the united states it is estimated that something around uh 60 to 100,000 uh children are per no i you know what i've lost i i've lost the number but anyways um uh, it, it is Probably in the under 100,000, but over 50,000 range of people, of children who are kidnapped off the street while walking to and from school per year. And most of them, you know, get away because a, a quote unquote kidnapping is only uh, a few minutes or whatever. A lot of them is, is, hey, this creepy van's got some really nice candy in it. Check it out. Um, I, I have no idea about the stats because, again, um, I, I could not find verification to this. But. Here is what I do know. Um, it your children. Uh, there, there have been, uh, if I recall, zero confirmed deaths from COVID in people under age eighteen. Um, I, I there are confirmed child abductions out there. Uh, there are estimates. You know, even if you take uh, reliable numbers, the this thing says you know sixty thousand times more likely that a normal kid will be abducted off the street then that they will die of this virus that seems to only affect people over 70. Um, but the reason that I put it in the mask hole category is that putting a mask on a kid, putting a mask on somebody who has effectively a 0% chance of dying from this disease and deciding that you're going to use that as a reason to cover their face. Um, what you if if let's let's hypothetically say that you are out on the street looking for a child to abduct um what what are your priorities when when you're trying to do that you, they're you not probably, Bemrose. well that that's important because they might have <laughs> lactose intolerance you give them an ice cream and they'll just kill everyone um the most important thing is making sure that the people around don't know that you're doing it so that you don't get caught um what is one of the best ways to do it? Well, you hide the identity of the kid. Um, it, it, it has, if, if, if there are, and, and I have to assume there are people out there, I don't know what the numbers are, but the people out there who are, are abducting children have got to be in absolute paradise right now that there are a ridiculously large number of completely unidentifiable children who are going to be going back to school this fall, assuming school's ever open. Um, Jay Inslee's talking about first semester next year saying, you know, schools are still from home. So why the fuck am I still paying property taxes for schools when they're not fucking doing anything? Because teachers but, need money to sit at home. Yeah. And well, protest no, they're not, si they're not sitting at home. They're violently protesting in downtown Portland. Woo. They're, they're rioting. But anyway, uh, not all teachers, but seriously, teachers, the, they're not teaching my kids right now. Why, why am I paying? But yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so I, 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 I'm not even putting the article in the show notes because I, I could not find any 
verification of this. However, straight logic tells me that uh, you are by putting a mask on your kid and sending them to school, you are significantly making it easier for somebody who wants to do wrong to your child to do that to, you know, because you are, you are making it harder to hear a child scream because a mask muffles it. You are making it nearly impossible to identify a child because you can't see their face. And does anybody honestly always remember what the clothes they were wearing are? Probably not. Maybe Um, you are, if you want something to be irrationally afraid of because it happens to almost nobody, but still happens in this country. I feel like child abductions are definitely something that, that are, are very much more worth your fear than a virus that only affects people over 70. Yeah. I can see the nine one one calls now. Like, well, they, they grabbed a kid. Well, who was the kid? I don't know. It takes a lot longer to track this down when somebody's like, Oh, some kid was kidnapped that, you know, kid neighborhood kid that they maybe would have otherwise known who they were. You're right. Cause of the mask that could take yeah. a much longer time to verify one, you know, was this a kid actually being kidnapped or was it a kid that was like a young, you know, Tony Bemrose who wasn't listening and mom just finally came and dragged you into the car because you didn't come well, home right after school? Be- because one of the most powerful deterrents you have against something like this is, is a neighbor out watering their lawn, looking over and going like, hey, isn't that Bemrose's kid? I don't recognize that other person. What's he doing with her? And And going and asking. But if there's a mask then they're not even going to recognize the kid. They're not going to recognize anybody. They'd be like, oh, it's just somebody out there with a kid. Yeah. Personal responsibility. I get it. But, uh, you know, so, this whole concept is going to be, you know, kids have to wear masks to protect their teacher. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Fuck the teachers, too. <laughs> Ryan. I'm only if they're really sexy, though. At grumpyoldbens.com. Okay. I had <laughs> I had one other thing that I wanted to tell. This is this is just a story from 2015. Uh, so way before everybody was suddenly uh, all on board with masks. Uh, but I really like the headline uh, and it is Ontario nurse union pushes back on forcing healthy people to wear masks. Uh, the, uh, ner- the nurse union, what is, and what and, was, this uh, was during something though. This was some other outbreak. This was going on during. Yes. Yes. This was, uh, I want to say, was it swine flu? No, swine flu was 20. SARS, one of those. Could have been SARS one. I'm not sure, but you know, we have an outbreak every election year. So, um, 2015, the Ontario nurses union, um, had a problem. They, there were, um, so hospitals in Ontario had a policy that required anyone who didn't have the flu vaccine to wear a surgical mask for the entire flu season. Uh, and the nurse union went to arbitration on this one because they said, uh, the policy effectively made their medical information public about whether or not they had chosen to get the flu vaccine. Uh, the arbiter found that the policy was a coercive tool to force healthcare workers to get vaccinated. Um, and uh, this, it, I mean, the, the quote is uh, they were basically coercing and shaming nurses into getting the influenza vaccine, even if they individually chose not to take it. They made them all wear masks and they had little stickers on their name tags that everyone knew meant I don't have my vaccine. And it wasn't clear whether that sticker was like a red a <laughs> on it. Uh, a but swastika. A- anyways, I thought this was interesting because uh, I, I have at least one friend who works in the medical industry who has told me stories about 
if you don't in in America, at least at least in Washington state, if you don't get vaccinated, you're not working. And I thought that this was really interesting that in Ontario, uh, nurses not only have the choice to not vaccinate, but that uh, a court or an arbiter, at least in 2015, found that they did not have to uh, they, they they were they had the privacy rights to not disclose that to everybody in the hospital. We are in a new world, though, where your medical uh, information belongs to everybody. Cold acid says ONA. That sounds familiar. I'm just going by my notes where I didn't actually write down the name of the union because I'm a shitty note taker. But ONA sounds right. Does it matter which nurses union it actually was? It makes a point. I don't know. That masks. Again, the science is not in. We do not know exactly what they're doing. Anything that is being uh, spewed right now is guesswork. A lot of it from studies they've done with mice where they put a mask on the outside of the cage. So, I mean, this is also not the same thing because that is, you know, that's like surrounding your building, you know, or the room you're in with the mask a lot different. Like you said, you're exhaling germs. That's not right on top of you. You know, this that's more akin to an air purifier than a mask. So it is, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of junk science that you would have thought we'd be a lot further than this. In this time, because we have a lot of information, we have a lot of great scientists, we have a lot of people that study stupid crap. How many times have you heard there's like $20 million going to a study for, you know, lesbian ants to see if they like honey as much as the non-lesbian? I mean, there's crazy studies going on. I'd read the results of that study. Nobody has ever really taken a look at long-term mask use. I mean, that's weird that. Yeah. We don't have this even even in in a hospital situation, which is where masks are by far the most common. Uh, they you know, or, or uh, you know, I, I, I was down at my dentist and and, you know, surprise, surprise, the doctor was wearing a mask, but that's perfectly normal. But even in those situations, they put it on right before going in to see a patient. They wear it for the duration of their time with the patient. They leave the room, they take it off and throw it away. And when they're walking in the hallways, they're still breathing fresh air nobody has any information about, well, what happens if we require that people wear this for eight, 10 hours a day, every single day. But I, I think that we've got some pretty good ideas because, you know, increase in things like pleuritis. Yeah. And you're going to see this in the countries that don't require the masks to be worn. It's uh, the data is going to be there with all of this stuff. We're going to eventually find out well, the scientists will, and the people that can have the data will know whether we'll actually get the real story. I don't know, but well, I, I, at this point, given how diluted the term scientist has become, uh, with people being funded by funding groups with an agenda and therefore biasing their results right from the get go by the fact that they won't get funding if they're if they don't come up with the conclusion that the person funding them wants um i'm not sure that you should put all of your faith in quote unquote scientists i think that that you know people who self identify as scientists are are just like people who self identify as experts <laughs> they are they may or may not know what they're talking about but if if they if somebody applies the scientific method then they're doing real science and i'm not 
I don't, I don't consider myself to be a scientist, but I absolutely apply the scientific method in a lot of things that I do. And therefore I'm doing science. And a lot of people who self-identify as scientists don't do science anymore. They just write up scientific looking papers to support preconceived conclusions. Yes. And then other people with the same credentials as they have come up with a different viewpoint and they get shut off of social media because no, 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 wait, you're wrong. The other people with the same credentials, they said what we like. So we're going with them. Yeah. And uh, that's why we're here. That's why, we're, you know, again, we're doing a job here and we hope people find it to be one entertaining, but two informative because this kind of stuff will drive you mad when you look at what's going on in the world. The mass things are a great example of that when you're looking at what's going on here and it's like, oh, mass, mass. Of course, you, you, if you're if you don't wear a mask, you're Hitler. And then you go overseas to Europe and they're like, no, no, wearing masks is bad for you. That's going to you know harm your health. It's like this. We're, we're not in a world where everybody agrees on this stuff right now. There's this no, isn't even it, like because nobody knows. And so when you're only informed by your ideology instead of actual information. Yeah. And if somebody's trying to shut down another's viewpoints on this who have done the work, then they're the ones that are a problem. Uh, here, here's here's a quick rule of or rule of thumb. And that is if if a if the only way to prevent a message from getting out is to censor it then you need to pay attention to that message because there's probably something there. Nobody bothers to censor things that have no merit whatsoever. No. Yeah. You don't shut down the people. Otherwise you can just let them talk and go, no, no, they're wrong. And I'll tell you why, which is how grumpy old Ben's words. You know, I'll say something, you'll say something. And then the other goes, no, no, you're wrong. And here's why that's how a free discussion works. And clearly nothing we say has enough merit to be censored yet. (laughs) Yet. 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 We're working on it though. We do have plenty of experts. We do have two for this show, and we'd like to thank Robert Dolan. Experts, please me. And Harry Hamster for contributing to the grumpiest podcast in the universe. I I talked over the name. It was Harry Hamster and who? Robert Dolan. Ah, Thank you. Why would you talk over them? This is what I deal with. Yes. Well, I talk over you, but everybody knows who you are. (laughs) They want to talk over our experts. That's because I'm everywhere on the No Agenda stream. And most podcasts you listen to, we've made an appearance on. That's what we do. And uh, we appreciate everybody for contributing to the Grumpy Old Ben's experience. If you want to get in on the value for value concept, go to grumpyoldbens.com. Click the donate button. Use the QR code for Bitcoin and the snail mail address if you want to go that route. And you could probably send us something for two cents. If you know the two cent trick, and if you don't look it up, that's part of the fun. Uh, of and this and whole if system. you don't, then you can send it for 50 cents, which is frankly still not all that much money, but it's you know. still, still a good deal when you're when you're uh, making people carry it from point A to point B, maybe thousands of miles away. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I that's worth 50 cents to me. I'm OK with that. Yeah. Uh, right before the show on No Agenda Social, uh, CSB tooted that he wanted tech stories, and I do feel like this was this was a lot heavier with the the COVID slash political stuff because that's what's pissing me off these days. So I did want to bring up just for CSB uh, one very quick tech thing. Um, it's real quick, but you'll you'll like it because we talked about Windows Defender last uh, Monday. Yes, um, Windows Defender is now flagging uh, and using or 
flagging any software that uses the hosts file to block their telemetry. Oh, uh, the the uh, malware that that they've given it a name. It is settings modifier colon win thirty two slash hosts file hijack. If you <laughs> if you change your hosts file to block Microsoft domains. Windows Defender will pop this up, will quarantine your host's file and give you a clean one and say, we helped you. You're welcome. So for everybody who uses their host's file as a an anti-advertising, you know, anti-crapware domain thing, um, now might be the time to invest in a pie hole because Windows Update and Windows Defender don't have the ability to get over to my Debian box and mess with my pie hole. Yeah, that's that's not good that's not good but this is where we're going we've talked about this a lot and we'll continue to talk about it the fact that the operating system which was once just there to allow you to do what you want to do is now getting to be one of the bigger spying devices out there one of the biggest you know spying platforms that that are out there using your device against you and i don't like it i don't like it and uh, i think very soon just like people take these android roms and strip out all like the google stuff we know that's what you're running on aosp the way you're doing the same thing with the browser you're using right now the chrome that has all the google stuff stripped out how long before this is going to be necessary and people are maybe already doing this that they're going to take windows 10 windows 11 whatever comes down the pipe after this and although with all this new signing and all this new crypto stuff i don't know how easy it's going to be but this is going to become a need that people can take these operating systems and strip all of the telemetry stuff out and i i'm i'm honestly a little bit worried about it going the other way for example with the clean feed software we like i'm i'm pretty satisfied with it but one thing that i have complained about from day one is that they do not allow firefox they do not allow brave they do not allow uh, anything the only browser that they will let you use with it is chrome and that is a crazy security risk and uh the this particular browser that i'm using is is chrome and identifies as chrome it just has all of the google domains blocked at the source code level um and that has managed to uh spoof them for now but how long you know everybody has that one service that it's absolutely critical to use and and there's always you know oh well you uh, you know in order to use this service you have to use this uh one of the by far the most difficult way reasons to get that it's hard to get Google completely out of your life is recapture. So many <laughs> lazy website, and, and, and I'm not sure I'm going to do a full recapture or rant right now. But I, oh god, I've got I've got ten or fifteen minutes of solid screaming about that bullshit. But a lot of website users out nowadays are saying if you want to be able to log into our site, you are required to send a ridiculous amount of browser fingerprinting data to Google. Would you rather when it comes to clean feed that they actually offer then, you know, maybe they say, okay, we works in Chrome. That's the only browser we can guarantee it works. In I, just I think because of, the reasonable step would be to make it work in Firefox as well. Now that maybe, at least provides some, some uh, competition, but for whatever reason, right. What if they can't, would you prefer that they give you a direct download? That's nothing but a clean feed. Basically, their own little sandboxed browser that does just what they need to. I wouldn't install it. Well, see that <laughs> you're making their point kind of, I guess that, uh, you know, this, this is most things you have to have a third party 
piece of software for it to run, including Skype. Although I think Skype you could do over uh, and some you know browsers. If, if if they gave me if they gave me the download and they gave me the source code to it, right? Oh yeah, I would consider installing it. See, that may be what a lot of these people need to do in order to get this stuff working. But we will be throwing more tech stories at you probably come Monday. We'll see if we can get Progo back because I have a bunch of stuff, including uh, Proton VPN and others that were just totally slammed because of a new game download. I'm assuming yeah. our buddy Blitz was in the troll room the other day complaining that he kept getting disconnected from uh, the Nord VPN. I didn't have any issues, but it seems like a bunch of VPNs were getting hit because a new uh, Call of Duty game came out and everybody from overseas. Uh, yeah, everyone needs to pirate that <laughs> shit, right? Well, and they need to, to get it. I guess you need it to be in the United States. So anybody in Europe had oh. to have a, a, a yeah, see VPN that oh, showed they were yeah, in the United okay. States. You know what? Pirating, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, in, in most cases, if, if you really... Especially with games, you don't need every single game that comes out. And if you absolutely have to have the Call of Duty game, which, by the way, they they have been going downhill for the last 35 versions of that game. But if you absolutely have to have it, 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 pay some fucking money for it. But geofencing, yeah, that's a totally different thing. Yes, it is. So we've got the VPN story. We have a Google Home story about them having a deal with ADT. We got Microsoft letting you run your Android apps. We have Intel leaking 20 gig of their internal uh, source code and documents. A lot of very sensitive stuff uh, and and all all sorts of things. We have a bunch of tech stuff. So uh, we'll be Uh, back. And are, Are you familiar with Achilles? Which is a new a new set of vulnerabilities in the Qualcomm Snapdragon chipset, which oh, yeah. is basically in every phone ever. Yeah, that, that was that's what, a fun one. That was <laughs> next on the on the list here. Uh, nearly fifty percent of all smartphones that are affected yeah. by that bug, maybe yeah. more. Really. Uh, so apparently, we have tech stuff to talk to. We just bloviate too much. Yes. So that's why <laughs> we will be back on Monday, and CSB will try to make that more of a tech centric show maybe we should start doing that more like mondays for tech fridays for the screwed up world i don't know we'll see how it goes but you know i I, here's here's a crazy idea how about if the world stops being so goddamn screwed up so we can just talk about tech more often that would be a lot more fun no doubt about it but until next time i am darren o'neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america just outside of chirac where our barbecue might not be as good as kansas city but our violent criminals would kick their ass and from America's left coast, where I'm carefully cultivating my current crop of malware, I'm Ryan Bimrose. You wrote that down. I write everything down. Uh-huh.